For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Please pray with me. Dear God in heaven, we ask you as we do week by week to join us here this morning. And we trust that you are here in our midst. May my words be your words. And all of our thoughts, your thoughts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, uh, we're going to ask ourselves the single greatest question in all of religious life. If I call out to God, if I call out for help, will anyone answer me? In the uh, seminal gangster slash vampire film, From Dusk Till Dawn, the great Harvey Keitel plays a pastor who has lost his faith. And at one point, his daughter says to him, Daddy, don't you believe in God anymore? And Harvey Keitel says, as part of his answer, he says, Every person who chooses the service of God as his life's work has something in common. I don't care if you're a preacher, a priest, a nun, a rabbi, or a Buddhist monk. Many, many times during your life, you will look at your reflection in a mirror and ask yourself, am I a fool? Now, I submit to you that this habit is not reserved to the one standing up in front of the congregation, but the people in the congregation, too. Many times, you will find yourselves asking Am I a fool? Is this real? Am I just calling out into the void? If I call for help, will someone answer me? Now, it might seem that the Bible says yes. And spoiler alert, it does say yes. We just read it, right, from St. Paul in Romans. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is St. Paul quoting the prophet Joel. And they're comforting words, perhaps the most comforting words we could ever hear. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But do you believe that? Could it be that simple? Does it sound right to you? It sounds too good to be true. Consider for a moment. The verse that popped into my head the moment I read this verse from St. Paul, his assertion that everyone who calls upon the Lord will be saved. I couldn't help but think about Jesus speaking in the Gospel of Matthew, sort of winding down the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7, who says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father. Who is in heaven. Now that's not so comforting. So we have these two visions. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Uh, I'm getting kind of a mixed message here. And so the question for us remains are we fools? When we call out for help, will anyone 
answer. And perhaps most disturbingly, if we call out for help, could the answer be no? Now, as I was considering these two seemingly contradictory verses, St. Paul saying that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, and Jesus explicitly saying that not everyone who calls on his name will be saved, I couldn't help thinking about a particular choose-your-own-adventure book that I read as a kid. Now, did you read them? These are incredibly popular things. My children read them even now. I was addicted to them, even though I found them to be actually incredibly stressful. I don't know what it was about them, but I really wanted to win the stories. I, I, my heart would pound before every choice, and so I would, like everyone else, stick my finger in the book and turn to see what the result of my choice would be before I made it. I know you all did exactly the same thing. And I remember this one particular book, this one particular story. I don't remember anything about it, the title, the storyline, anything. But I do remember one vivid image. I remember that it took place in space. And at one point in the story, your character was sort of standing before the void of space with a vast checkerboard spread out before you, off into the horizon. And the choice was, do you step out onto a white square or onto a black square? Right? Like, turn to page 88 if it's a white square, turn to page 89 if it's a black square. And as it turned out, only one of them would support you. The other wasn't solid, it was an illusion, and you would fall right through into the vacuum of space, the end. It's sort of like Indiana Jones spelling out Jehovah in the last crusade, but I've already used up my one uh, movie reference for the week. But in order for us to understand, stick with me, we're going somewhere here. In order for us to understand how these two verses that we read can both be true, even though they seem to be saying the exact opposite thing, I want to look at them again. And as we read them, put your mind in front of that celestial checkerboard. You have a white space and a black space. Where do you step? What will support you? Which can you rely on? So listen to a little bit more of what Jesus has to say about these people who call on him, but who are ultimately sent away. This is Matthew 7, beginning in verse 21. He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons? And in your name perform many miracles? Then I will say to them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Now, do you hear what these unfaithful people are appealing to? When the chips are down, they're pointing to the good things that they've done. We prophesied, we drove out demons, we performed miracles. Let's call this the black square on that space checkerboard. They step out and they put their faith and trust in the things that they think they've accomplished. That's where they put their weight. 
That's what they rely on. And what happens? It's an illusion. It can't support them. It totally fails them. And Jesus says, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Now to Paul in Romans. Listen to the context that Paul puts his statement in. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now when Paul here refers to Jew and Greek, he's not simply referring to two people groups or two cultures. He's referring to the two groups as symbols of something larger, right? Remember that Jews thought of themselves as set apart or chosen Holy. They were a clean people. They were law keepers. Being Jewish meant being righteous and clean as distinct from everyone else. The Greeks. Those others. And so when Paul says the Greeks, he's referring to everyone who is not a Jew. And specifically, Paul, who is a Jew, is referring to the fact that the Greeks are not set apart, not chosen, not holy or clean. They're not law keepers. For instance, they don't observe kosher. They're not righteous. Jews are chosen by God as a matter of their birth. Greeks are not. Jews are clean. Greeks are not. Jews are law keepers. Greeks are law breakers just by their birth. And Paul is now making an incredible assertion. That there is no distinction between Jews and Greeks. His assertion, and I really want you to hear this now, is that law keeping and law breaking are no longer distinguishing marks in the way God looks at people. Just think about the power of what he's saying. I have to sort of keep saying it to myself over and over again just to get it through my own head. In Christ, there is no distinction between law-keeping and law-breaking. In his letter to the Galatians, he'll say that in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith. Working through love. Now this is the good news. That a savior comes to the law breaker as readily as he comes to the law keeper. There is no distinction. So that's what's going on with Jesus' sermon. He's preaching to people who, when the chips are down, say, we prophesy. We drove out demons. We performed miracles. We did all these good things. They appeal to their good work and their law-keeping, but they don't appeal to Jesus' blood. And it is Jesus' blood shed on the cross for the sins of the world, for the Jew and the Greek, for the law-keeper and the law-breaker, that allows Paul to say that anyone who in this kind of faith 
calls out to Christ will be saved. Jesus' blood is that white checkerboard square, the square that can hold your weight, the square that can support you, the square that you can rely on because its strength is not dependent on your strength. Did you prophesy? You're saved by Jesus' blood. Did you drive out demons? You're saved by Jesus' blood. Did you perform miracles? You're saved by Jesus' blood. And did you fail to do all of those things? Thank God for his great free gift of Jesus' blood. All your good works are like filthy rags compared to his free gift to you. It is Jesus' resurrection that turns the key from your work to his gospel that makes law breakers into law keepers, making it true that there is no distinction. The prophets of the Old Testament railed against Israel over and over again. Just read the books because they weren't living up to the law that the Lord had laid out for them. They weren't being the set apart people that they were called to be. This is the refrain of the prophets. You're being just like the other people. Just like the Greeks, they'd say. There's no distinction between you when there ought to be. You're not separating yourselves. So even when there was supposed to be a distinction between them, there was no distinction between the Jews and the Greeks. The Jews were just as sinful as the Greeks. There were, in fact, no law keepers only law breakers. And now, because of Christ, there is again no distinction. Now all are made righteous. Their shared sin becomes shared righteousness, the precious gift of the crucified Jesus. It is because of this gift, this gift of a life, a holy and righteous life that we can say this astounding thing that law breaking and law keeping no longer matter in light of the crucified and risen Christ because the law keeping has been given to us and our law breaking has been taken away and so we know the outcome of the Choose Your Own Adventure book. We've got our finger stuck in the page and we've turned to the end. We've seen what happens. Our reliance on our own strength, our own goodness, our own sufficiency will let us down every time. When we step out onto that square, we go plummeting into outer space. It would be the end. That's Jesus saying, go away from me, you who rely on yourselves. But we know that we don't have to rely on ourselves. Jesus lived. Jesus died. Jesus rose again. His strength works for us. His goodness is given to us. His sufficiency is ours to rely on. The Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. So when you wonder... If you are a fool, when you wonder what will happen 
when you cry out into the void, when you say, Lord, Lord, help me. Remember Paul's good news. The Lord is generous to all who call on him. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen.